You're listening to the Baseball Prospect Journal Podcast. Here is your host, Dan Zielinski. Welcome to this edition of the Baseball Prospect Journal Podcast. I'm Dan Zielinski, founder and national writer for BaseballProspectJournal.com. Today, I'm joined by a special guest, Colin Cannonberg. He's the founder of StatSwipe, an analytics-based website focusing on all the data and analytics associated with the game. Also a former writer for Hardball Times. We also used to do a podcast back in the day. Three and two, what's he going to do that we always had fun doing? So, Colin, good to catch up. Thanks yeah. for coming on. Always always happy to podcast. Definitely. And uh, it's been a quite off season so far for the Milwaukee Brewers, and that's really where we're going to start before getting into some of the national stories. What stood out to you so far about the Brewers off season? Oh, well, I mean, the big news is obviously Jackson Churio. That, that's the most... Uh, you know, noteworthy that they've done. Otherwise, the impact moves of Eric Haas, I don't know, are are really uh, not causing the waves that you know earth-shattering waves in the league. But Jackson Churio is exciting. I think that's more the look to the future and um, a player to be excited about, no doubt. Yeah, they signed him to an eight-year contract worth eighty-two million, two club options. After that, to take it over a hundred million dollars, and biggest contract for a guy to not play a major league game so far. I would assume he's going to break camp in the opening day roster, but to me, this as good as he is on paper, it's still a risky move because of the Brewers' track record with developing hitters. They haven't developed a hitter since Jonathan Lucroy. Yeah, and that's just it. We're we're looking at the history and, and thinking, you know, we've we've seen they could have done this with. Corey Ray, and look how that would have ended up. Um, and you can list example after example of that. So, like you mentioned, it's it's the track record that's really making this a cringeworthy. But who knows? It, and the, on the other side, they could hit on one. You just need to hit on this one, and it's a great deal if he turns out to be the player he's projected to be. Well, and typically these contracts haven't worked out well across baseball, signing guys before they reach the major leagues. No, I mean, we've been seeing the Dodgers kind of play facilitator for these contracts this offseason um, by gathering, um, what's his name, White uh, from Seattle, who Seattle signed to yeah. a big contract. Evan White. Yeah, Evan White after such a small sample. The guy isn't good, so um, nobody wants that contract. So that's that's the risk you, you, you'd have to eat. Well, and now I'm blanking on the guy for uh the Phillies. Phillies yeah. Um Kingery. Yeah, Scott Kingery. Yeah. And he was supposed to be on uh, and they did that I want to say in spring training oh, he after had a hot spring uh, and they training. signed him then yep. and then he just fell off a cliff after that and yep. I think he's still around somewhere but yeah, so I don't know. It's going to be interesting. The Brewers are in a weird spot. I think they need to just push it all in and start the rebuild. I think they've hinted at wanting to rebuild but i don't think they want to fully do it because they already know fans already are not happy with the way they've kind of operated the last couple of years and to me they are trying to signal that they're competing while also kind of retooling but the moves they've made have not really made a whole lot of sense no no i mean i i think 
So recently there is uh, Adrian Hauser and Tyron Taylor unloaded offloaded those um, those contracts and it's they're both neither of them are impact players and they're not getting an impact bat back they're getting some potential for the future and, and a prospect I, I haven't looked too much into um, into that guy but again it's not like really losing anything the outfield depth. You know, with the outfield depth, Tyron Taylor can go, and Hauser's just not good other than playing against Cincinnati. So <laughs> I swear his numbers are buffered by Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so they got a guy named Coleman Crow who was recently drafted uh, a couple of years ago by the Mets, underwent Tommy John surgery or arm surgery this earlier this year in August, I want to say. So he's probably going to miss most of 2024, if not all of 2024. Younger guy, early 20s, like you said, kind of guy for potentially the future. But to me, if you look at the Brewers starting rotation, Adrian Hauser should have figured into that because after Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta Mm -hmm. and Wade Miley, it's a bunch of crap. I mean, it's Joe Ross, it's Colin Ray, it was Adrian Hauser. Sure, you got the younger guys, Robert Gasser probably is going to – vie for a starting spot coming out of spring training but like they're gonna need more than five starters to begin with four and five for sure aren't that good you're counting on wade miley who's getting older to be good so like i just don't to me i don't see the up upside necessarily for this season and if you really think you're competing which keeping corbin burns kind of means that you think you have a chance to compete for the division why make that move? I'd rather take the veteran guys who you know have a chance to potentially contribute, keep them, and then worry about down the line at the trade deadline or something rather than – it was just like a salary dump to me almost. Yeah, and we'll see how Aaron Ashby comes back too. Yeah. Um, but I – and we have to remember the pitching is kind of what got the Brewers to the playoffs. So that was the the – only thing really getting them in with with that anemic offense for much of the much of the year so it is concerning and um burns and peralta are definitely a, a great one too but you got to have a little a little bit more depth uh after that so we'll see who they can you know get in this in, in the on the market yet and um one guy i know they would never go for it but Aaron Nola, uh, he is going into an even year, and he has been—he's been one of these players who is an even year guy. Uh, I know it's the the least sophisticated, you know, analysis of a player, um, but I found it funny uh, just looking the other day. Like he's gone over the last this past year, he had a four forty six ERA in twenty two, he had a three twenty five. In 21, he had a 463. In 20, he had a 328. So he's on this even odd yeah. trend, but anyway. <laughs> well, that's like that's what I mean, though. Like, what are they doing? Because I'm looking at their 40-man roster, and, geez, I mean, I could name more guys on the Packers than I could the Brewers at this point. Yeah. And, like, I, I won't even get into their pitchers. Like, like you said, their pitching's been the strength, and – not a lot of guys you'd recognize or guys who are just completely unproven mm-hmm. or, like, veterans are hoping to hit on like they do every year. But from an offensive standpoint, 
catchers. William Contreras, Eric Haas, who they just signed, and Cuero, the prospect catcher, who probably won't make the Major League roster out of spring training now that they signed Eric Haas the other day to, I want to say, a one-year deal, which we can get into that move, but I don't know if it really matters. Uh, Infielder-wise, Willie Adamas, Jake Bowers, Vinny Capra, Oliver Dunn, Owen Miller, Andrew Monasterio, Bryce Terang. Where are you going to get any offense from? I mean, again, after Adamas, who had a bad year last year, mm-hmm. Owen Miller is probably your second best hitter, and Yikes. he's best as a utility guy. Bryce Terang can't hit his weight. Monasterio, yeah. he's kind of, at best, maybe I, a utility guy. I don't know. He's, yeah. He wasn't that good. No. Outfielder, get, outfield kind of isn't much to talk about either. You got Churio. You got Sal Freelich, who showed some promise. Yeah, but you give him more time. Give, I'd give him more time. He's a top prospect, things like that. Garrett Mitchell, I'll give him more time, but I think he's a guy that's kind of hung around the minor leagues for a while. You kind of know what you're kind of getting out of him. He's a guy that's not going to hit for a lot of power. Play quality yeah. defense. Your hope is that he hits for average and gets on base offensively. Blake Perkins sucks. Chris Roller, who are you? Joey Weimer, he's going to strike out 150 oh, times if he's yeah. an everyday player. And Christian Yelich, who... You hope to bounce back yet. And we still are saying it. Like last year, he, sh- <laughs> he had that month or two stretch that was really good. And then Jahami Jones as a designated hitter. Like, do they expect to score more than a run a game? Because... To me, this offense is so bad. But then you look at the pitching staff, and they're not going to be able to keep teams under three runs a game like they have in the past when they had Woodruff, when Lauer was on, Mm -hmm. when Aaron Ashby was showing some glimpses. Like, I just don't – to me, they're stuck in the middle, and that's the worst spot to be for a major league team. Yeah, I I guess some some key free agents who I could see them going after or who I think would fit – um, one would be Justin Turner. He's an old, yeah. you know, an old, an old grizzled vet in the league. He's he's 38 years old, but um, he had a solid season last year. Uh, put up a 2.1 WAR and um, still has some some in the tank and and would fill a gap there at, at third base. Um, another would be uh, Whit Merrifield, um, yeah. the utility guy. Again, if, if they're going to somewhat try and compete this year, I'd get some of these bats that you know have shown in their advanced age in baseball terms that they can still produce. Yeah. Um, so those are like a couple guys who I could see fitting. Teoscar Hernandez is a guy who um, they've been linked linked to lightly with with a DH role, but... Yeah, I mean, from a free agent standpoint, there's still a lot of guys out on the market. We really haven't seen a lot of movement in that regard, especially ever since Otani signed. Really, still, all the big guys are out there, and the Brewers aren't going to play in that market, but even pitching-wise, there's some intriguing guys that could be in their budget. I just don't think they're going to go after. You got a guy like uh, Trevor Bauer, Sean Manaya. um, Aroldis Chapman would be an interesting reliever type. Michael Lorenzen, same deal. He could be a starter reliever for you. I don't know if they're really looking at any more pitching after the kind of moves they made. Offensive standpoint, though, I've always been a Jock Peterson fan. Yeah. He's still out there. Again, your offense, your outfield is crowded, but again, he could play DH. DH. And he's a guy that seems like he's 
goes in those stretches where he just is crushing home runs still. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Brandon Belt would be such a typical Brewer signing. No, boring. Doesn't yeah. have any first baseman without power. Another guy, like, again, an outfielder, though, Tommy Pham. Yeah, talk about underrated. Yeah. One of the most underrated players in baseball. Yeah, he does a lot for you. He's going to hit for power, going to steal bases. Defensively, he's really good, too. So, and they still got the hole at first base, and I'm seeing two guys, Carlos Santana, Joey Votto. You would, they seem to like Carlos Santana, so I don't know what the holdup is there. I mean, the dude's not going to get that much money on the free agent market. No. Same with Joey Votto, but I think Votto probably wants to go to a contender. So, I don't know. There's guys they can sign, but again, is it going to put them over the top? I don't think so. I mean, the Cubs... The Cubs want to win the division, but they aren't going for it either. But they still, talent-wise, are better than the Brewers, and they still got the pocketbooks that if they yep. do want to sign a Blake Snell, Matt Chapman, Bellinger, they can afford to. So, I don't know. Yeah, at this point, the only draw to Milwaukee is that right now the NL Central still is a weak, weak division, or at least up in the air. I mean, we don't know if the Cubs don't get Bellinger back how they're – really going to do their rosters not coming together Cincinnati almost looks like the best team in the division but that too is a lot of question marks as to if Ellie De La Cruz is, is going to be an MVP caliber caliber and um, you know a lot of their prospects so yeah it'll be I, I guess if people are looking they, they find a hitter's ballpark in in Milwaukee that has a team that could still compete for the division at least yeah. I know the rumor is Cody Bellinger wants at least $200 million. To me, that's too risky to give him. He had a good year last year, but then he had three real poor yeah. years before that. So, so. You're, so you're asking yourself, is Bellin- was last year who Bellinger is? And I can see why the Cubs wouldn't want to bring him back because their best hitting prospects are outfielders. Yep. They've got Suzuki and Ian Happ already locked up for the outfield. Suzuki might be more of a fourth outfielder. Either way, Chris Morrell is still. It's Chris, yeah, Christopher Morrell. Teams want him, and the Cubs have hung on to him so far this offseason. He's so, shown glimpses of being yeah, a stud. And that's... maybe with, I don't know, Council seems to get the best out of players, so yep. maybe that's one guy he can unlock a little bit. So, to me, if I'm the Cubs, I don't know if Bellinger is the best free agent for them either. So, I don't know, it's going to be a... This next month, I think we're going to see a lot of movement. We have to because yeah, January and then it's February. Pitchers and catchers are going to report early on in February. So you would think we'd get a lot of movement. Corbin Burns is one guy I want to ask you about. Yeah. The Brewers, they've been rumored to be interested in trading him. Dodgers have been linked. Now it seems like the Brewers want to hold on to him. What would you do with Corbin Burns? Um... It's a good question. I and it, this is probably what the Brewers are dealing with is this, like we mentioned, the in between state where you sell off and and kind of rebuild, but there's also this possibility of still being able to compete, and you could need a guy like him. Um, I would hang on to him at this point um, and see what value you can get towards the trade deadline. I think he had. Um, I guess a lower performing season than people had thought last year. And so the value of him has, has kind of gone down, but 
if you give him the first half, if he's, sh he's showing ace-type stuff and the Brewers just aren't in it, which with this offensive lineup and the rest of the pitching staff likely won't be, um, see what you can get at the trade deadline. Yeah, and the argument can be made, is his value really going to decrease all that much between now and the trade deadline? Teams are always yeah. looking for quality starters at the deadline. To me, I'd rather trade him and Willie Adamas, for that matter, before the season starts. Let some of these younger guys play and see what maybe a return would be. I know the Orioles are a team that have been wanting a top-of-the-rotation arm not necessarily can afford to pay him long term, maybe, maybe not, but they've been connected, and the Orioles have a ton of infield prospects that you would think they'd be willing to trade. So I think if you could get one or two of their better infield prospects, you're not going to get Gunnar Henderson, you're not going to get Jackson Holiday, yeah. but after that, if you could get, you know, a Westberg or someone like that, who can maybe fill in or take the spot of Willie Adamas when mm -hmm. he leaves in free agency like you probably will, you do it because you don't really have a – I mean, the Brewers hitting prospects in general aren't that great after Chirio and Tyler Black, but he's more of a second baseman. You need a shortstop prospect so or a corner infield prospect type of guy. So if you could get a quality one now, I'd say why not. Yeah. And, of course, there's always that in injury risk with, with pitchers, so – that, that would be the Brewers' luck. They yep. hold on to him, and then he gets hurt like the second start of the season yep. out for the year, and they don't get anything for him besides <laughs> they maybe would get a draft pick compensation, but I don't even know because he wouldn't have pitched all year. Yeah. So I'm not sure what all goes into that these days. Speaking of pitcher injuries, um, Max Scherzer, it's kind of unfortunate with his, his back. Um, he'll be out for sure, like, half of the season, or is it the first quarter of the season? Um, but just kind of coming to that realization of this might be the end of Max Scherzer, as we know it. Backs are finicky, and, and um, you know, if he comes back, I, I don't think he would come back in a, uh elite form how we would know him. So um, just kind of in that same category of, Verlander and Kershaw and um, these elite group of pitchers that that might be on their way out this you know sooner rather than later. Yeah, and Scherzer might be the best of those three. I mean, Verlander could definitely make an argument. He had a couple down years with the Tigers. Scherzer's been really good ever since kind of his career got going after the first couple years between Arizona and Detroit, but. It sounds like Scherzer is going to be back, and I give the Rangers a lot of credit because last year they went forth. They spent a ton of money in free agency. DeGrom got hurt, no shocker. Probably going to miss all this year with Tommy John surgery. Then they go out and get Scherzer, end up winning a World Series. I still think that division, I mean, even if Scherzer misses some time, which it looks like he'll be out till June or July, the Rangers still are probably the best team yeah. in that division. I mean, Houston's getting older. They'll be in the mix. Seattle, I never know what to make of Seattle because it seems like they should be going for it right now. And it's not like they're pushing really all their chips in when a couple of years ago they were kind of on that cusp of being maybe the best team in the AL West. Yeah. Yeah, and Houston, or um, the Rangers, they're 
it's like the rich get richer. Um, their top prospect, what's his face? Oh, you got Evan Carter. Him? Well, Evan Car, yeah, Evan Carter. Um, Evan Carter is going to be coming into his, I guess. Ill is that still considered his rookie season, or whatever? Um, but then now they get ah. Wyatt Langford. Yeah, yeah, Langford. Yeah, just this year. You know, it's it's in he, the draft. Yeah. Yeah, and and he's almost. I mean, he's pretty much major league ready, or will yeah. be at the end of next year. Yeah. You know, so they're gonna get more impact players at the end of at the end of the year. Um, yeah, the the Rangers. What well, took him fourth overall? He's a guy that some scouts like just as much as Dylan Cruz, and. One year younger, I want to say, than Dylan Cruz. Didn't have quite as lengthy of a track record as mm-hmm. Dylan Cruz, who has been on, kind of on the front of people's minds since high school. But, yeah, Wyatt Langford, the Rangers were extremely aggressive with him. Rookie ball, high A, double A, and then he even played in triple A. And he destroyed pitching at every yeah. stop. Like, I could see him... I don't know if you break camp with the major so. league team, but I think at some point this upcoming year, I wouldn't be shocked if he's playing already in the major leagues, and he's a guy that's a five-tool player. Yeah. So it's scary. I mean, they're they're getting better, and as we were saying last year, and this for all the teams, and I think we've rarely seen this work out. I mean, heck, in, in fantasy baseball, we look at these teams who draft injury risk after injury risk. And in real life, the Rangers did that. I mean, they're like, all right, we'll we'll get to Grom, and then we'll get Eovaldi. I mean, could you think of two more <laughs> risky players? And they hit on Eovaldi for the first for the most part. Yeah, for the first three quarters of the season, um, he was he was great. He was the best pitcher in the AL. Yep, yep. And uh, so that's that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. Um, Sometimes you hit, and sometimes sometimes you don't. But um, do we want to talk Shohei Otani yeah. or the rule changes first? Uh, Shohei, as long as we're on the, the AL West, so and the Angels are gonna be bad. bad. I, I don't even. Who's gonna be worse, Oakland or? or well, do you see the Angels are connected or might have interest in Blake Snell? To me, that makes no. Blake Snell would go there for money. Yeah, I don't like. Be, the money again the angels couldn't win with otani when he was healthy and, and blake smells good yeah but again it's not gonna put them over the top i that franchise is such just they're, a mess. they're i mean there's it's hard to see their way out they should they should trade trout he's had some injury history but they could still get a king's ransom yep. for him yep. and i think you you would have to do that yeah i mean can you name who Who's their ace right now? I, I don't even know any of their pitchers. That's how... <laughs> I barely know their hitters. I know they got Rendon, who doesn't want to oh. be there, but they're paying yeah. him. Um, I mean, my guy, uh, Shanuel, the, who they drafted yes. in the first round, he's already playing first base for him. He's their best player. <laughs> One of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really good hitter. Heck, I can't even find this roster. That's so much they suck. They, yeah, they, they <laughs> may be worse than, than Oakland. Um, yeah, I'd have to look at Oakland's roster too, but at least uh, pitching. Tyler Anderson, yikes. Oh, that's their number one. Sam Bachman, a guy they took in the first round a few years ago. 
Could be good. Maybe not. Griffin uh, Kaning, uh, yeah. another guy. Um, Reed Detmers. A uh, yep. bunch of middle of the road. Ben Joyce is more of a reliever. Patrick Sandoval. Ugh. Yeah, it's not good. It's not looking good in, in Angel Land there. Again, their offense. Logan O'Hoppy. Matt. He'll be fun to see come back. He had a yeah. strong start to last year before getting injured. They're a lot. Trey Cabbage, Brandon Drury, Zach Nato, young guy. Uh, Kyron Paris, another young guy. Anthony Rendon, over the hill. Old guy. <laughs> L- Larissa Rangfuro, whatever his name is. Sucks. Ranjifo. Yeah, sucks. Shanuel, got potential. Soto, not Juan, his cousin, <laughs> Vivian. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's not. And then their outfield. Jordan Adams, another young guy who hasn't panned out. Joe Adele, another one. Mickey Moniak, Mike Trout, and Taylor Ward. Got a lot of potential there that hasn't worked out. What is Mike Trout thinking? I wonder what he, you know. It, he should force his way to the Phillies. Yeah. Because he's a Philadelphia, well, he's from New Jersey, but he's a Philadelphia Talk guy. Talk about a super team if like, you were to go to Philly. Uh, Philly would take him in a heartbeat, too. Yeah. Because Philly's ownership could care less. They just want to win. Yep. So they don't care about how much they spend. I'd like to see Mike Trout actually go to a team that's competing because no one – the casual baseball fan does not know who Mike Trout is. And he's been in the major leagues for... Um, 12 years, I think, now? Since 2011. Yeah. yeah. So, But you could ask tons of casual fans who's top three players in baseball. Most people are going to give you Bryce Harper before they give you Mike yeah. Trout. Yep. And, exactly. I mean, Bryce Harper is great, and he's played really well with the Phillies. I mean, I thought he had a really good year this past year. And still, no one talks about Mike Trout because, well, baseball's got a marketing issue. Yep. Angels suck, and they play on the West Coast. So. Yep. yep. But Otani, don't blame him at all for leaving the Angels. No. Heck, he supposedly he even gave the Angels a chance to match the Dodgers' offer, which is generous of him. I, I can't imagine he still would have gone to the Angels, but I guess you never know. Ten years, seven hundred million dollars. I. I saw that, and I couldn't believe it. When he was getting rumored to potentially be getting $500 million, I thought that was an overpay. Then the guy manages $700 million. To me, it sounds like, now I don't know if this is true or not, Otani's agents did a great job trying to convince people that he's going to go to the Blue Jays. Yeah, There's a report right. that, oh, he's on a flight to Toronto, which wasn't the case. So I don't know if... The Dodgers were desperate and really wanted him and said, hey, here's an extra 100 or whatever million dollars because $700 million just came out of kind of left field almost. Yeah, and I a lot of this feels – well, it's the case with any athlete is that you're paying almost for what he's already done, yeah. not what he will be, um, especially that if he can't pitch – I, I, most of his value was the fact that he was a two-way player, that he could pitch and hit both at an elite level, which he showed that he could do. He could pitch to a Cy Young level, and he could yeah. hit to an MVP level. Um, so, but moving forward, do, it, do I think it's a smart contract? Well, well, given the deferral, I guess now it is, but... <laughs> 
But from a tax perspective, in terms of the luxury tax, I think they're still like, it's considered uh, like $48 million a year. So sure, they're only paying them, what, is it $10 million a yeah. year? Yep. So yeah, that's not a lot. But from a luxury tax perspective, it's still a decent amount. But like you said, to me, I don't think he's worth that money, which I know some people are going to think is crazy, but there's no guarantee he ever pitches. He's going to pitch again, but there's no guarantee he's ever topped the rotation good. Mm -hmm. You just don't know what to expect after a second Tommy John surgery. And this year, he's pretty much going to be held to DH, if I had to guess. I doubt they risk putting him in the outfield until they really let that arm heal up. So... So he's a DH. You're paying $700 million this year for a DH, which, again, quality hitter. Yep. But I could go find a DH for much cheaper to do similar production. Yeah. Like I was texting you, too. Like, for $700 million, give me Bryce Harper and Trey Turner for that price. Or give me those two and Corbin Burns, and we're probably only looking at another $100, $150 million Mm -hmm. more than what Otani got. Yeah, in terms of the value of what you could get, I think... I think you could get more. It's This is one of those where the rich teams will go after a luxury product like this when you can you can find that production in many cheaper ways. This is the the classic money ball, you know, losing Giambi, but you can replace Giambi by getting two other quality hitters. And I mean, the Dodgers are already going to make a ton of money on the business side of it because of Otani. I mean, Otani set the record for, like, most jersey sales in the first, like, 48 hours yeah. or something like that, passing, like, all the big-name soccer guys who were around that top mark. So they are going to make money that way. So from that perspective, it's not going to be as bad of a deal. But if we're looking at this just from a baseball perspective, I just don't – it's hard. It's hard for him to live up to that kind of contract. It would have already been hard enough at $500 million. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you think, because this was a hot topic and a lot of people were upset, some people were fine with it, the deferral money, how he's deferring almost all that contract till after it's up. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's, it seems unfair from the... Um the gameplay with, with teams. I, I mean, if Otani wants to do that, fine. I could see it from his point of, of view. He's making enough money on endorsements and whatnot. May as well be guaranteed those earnings later. I can see that. But um, I don't know. It just seems like an unfair advantage. Like, we'll pay you just over, you know, two decades. Uh, over, over the course of two decades. I don't know. It... it if I'm other teams, I would be pissed. I'd be like, oh, yeah. okay, if, is this how we're going to play it? <laughs> Especially if you're a small market team. Yeah. Because if more uh, major markets do contracts like that, the small market teams are going to lose out on revenue sharing dollars. And, I mean, it's just another challenge for competing for some of these better free agents. My thing, too, is the Dodgers kind of get a pass by – baseball media for the deal but you know if steve cohen with the mets or steinbrenner for the yankees did a contract like this everyone would be losing their mind and thinking this is so ridiculous but because the dodgers 
are their ownership's just quiet in general, and it's the Dodgers. I mean, people don't really, I feel like, have an opinion one way or the other on the Dodgers, where the Yankees and Mets are kind of hated by a lot of rival teams. I feel like the Dodgers should be getting to that point. Talk about buying yourself a championship. That how much the, they've won. Yeah, yeah. That, that's been the argument for the Yankees the whole time, you know, growing up during yeah. the dynasty. You kept hearing, like, oh, they're just buying their championships, you know. That's kind of what the Dodgers are doing now. Yeah, and I think the Dodgers are definitely, they're not done because they're going to sign Kershaw back. I would think they would sign an, maybe another hitter. To me, you don't sign Otani and then just sign him and go on. They're, Cause they're starting to get older, yeah. especially on the offensive side. Mookie Betts is going to play second base this year, which is kind of surprising, but not really, because he bounced around so much last year. So, like, I still think they could add another hitter just to add to that middle of the lineup with Otani and Betts and yeah. Freeman. So. But that's a dangerous three. If they would add, like, I don't see them bringing Bellinger back, but... Huh, yeah. Let's see who else... There would be... There would be the spot for Belly. Matt Chapman, I don't think really... I mean, they could, but... Or they bring Turner. Uh, J.D. Martinez is out there. He was their DH this past year. I feel like they let him go. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I still think they could add a hitter. Jorge Soler, maybe. They could use an outfielder. Yeah, yeah. So, Jack Peterson, they're probably not bringing back either. But, I don't know. The Dodgers, I feel like, you might as well. You saved a bunch of money per year by Otani <laughs> deferring. Go out and sign some other guys. I'm going to be curious, too, to see who gets uh, Yamamoto. The yeah. big right-handed pitcher who's in his early to mid-20s. People expect him to get over $300 million. To me, it seems like it's the Yankees or Mets, and... Personally, I hope he goes to the Mets. The Mets really seem to want him. Um, he but, wants to play for a big team. Yeah, he, he's pretty much he's played for the small market, um, you know, overseas, and he's. I think he wants to be in the limelight, which would be New York um, or one of those big teams. But yeah, he is supposed to be. I mean, incredible. Um, yeah, pretty much his his. Top two pitches for the stuff plus metric uh, would be like the top two in, in baseball. So it would be, I'm excited to see him pitch. Yeah, he's going to get by far the most money for a Japanese pitcher ever has. And like, even the hype around this guy is by far greater than like a Dice K Matsuzaka when he came over. And I don't know, that was pretty hyped. There, that was, but I, think, <laughs> I feel like this is even bigger. Yeah. I mean, you got Steve Cohen flying to Japan meeting with him then you got a meeting with him here Steinbrenner's as well like I don't know um very rarely do you get the chance to sign uh I think he's 24 years old Mm -hmm. year old pitcher of this caliber ace potential type stuff has he had Tommy John yet I think that's always the question I don't think he has the the (laughs) workload's always a question with these Japanese guys but stuff wise like you said you can't deny he's got the stuff to be arguably one of the best pitchers in yep. Major League Baseball. So I wonder if – so the Mets have Senga, and he's coming off a really good year his first year. Would – I wonder, like like you said, he wants the limelight. Yeah. Does he think that might overshadow him a little bit? No. Because 
the Japanese market. He's got to compete with that Japanese attention there for the Japanese media Sega's market. Sega's nothing compared to... He's not, <laughs> but if he goes to the Yankees, it's just him. Yeah. Like, so I don't know. I think that that contract, I can't imagine there's much more to decide. I would think we'd have an answer by the end of the year. Yeah. I so it seems I think he's I think he's waiting out to see what the market is like. I think he'll he'll wait and see what, you know, Nola and Montgomery get and kind of go from there. Um Yeah, the Giants are out on him, I know that. So it's and the Cubs don't really seem like the Cubs seemed like they had some early interest, but it doesn't seem like it's there. It really seems like it's going to come down to the Mets, Yankees, and the Dodgers are kind of in the mix. But it really just seems like it's going to be those one of those New York teams. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... Uh... Okay, I was just looking this up. So uh, Yamamoto's agent also represents Senga. Interesting. Yeah. So... That could, yeah, more or less. I mean, lead him into the Mets. Um, yeah, hmm. that'd yeah. be big for the Mets. The Mets could use it. I mean, especially after last year when they really invested heavily into it, free agencies. So we'll see who ends up getting him. But I, I would expect that would wrap up here shortly. And then last topic we wanted to cover here quickly is Major League Baseball's got some new. Rule changes. To me, I don't understand them, but Colin, maybe you can uh, talk some sense into them. So there's four new rule changes. Let me go through them quickly here. The pitch clock will be reduced from 20 seconds to 18 seconds. Mound visits will be reduced from 5 to 4 per game. The runner's lane will be widened to include the dirt between the foul line and infield grass for the first baseline. And then a pitcher who is sent out to warm up for an inning must face at least one batter. To me, I don't understand the point of these rule changes, especially the the first two, the pitch clock and the mound visits. We already increased or increased pace of play. Games were much shorter. I thought the product was good overall. To me, I don't I don't understand the point of knocking out a couple seconds off and getting rid of a mound visit. Yeah, I I guess it's just to optimize. Um, teams averaged only two point three mound visits per game. So how much was that? Two point three. Two point three. Wow. I so thought... ninety eight percent of games last season would not have exceeded the limit of four. Interesting. So pretty much, it's. I would have it thought might most not have much yeah. of an impact. That's interesting. I would have thought more. Most teams would have been using four or five mound visits a game. So pretty much, what it's doing is um, on a. On the average basis, it wouldn't make an effect, but on the ultra-long games, I would imagine those long games had maxed out the mound visits. It's making that shorter. So they're, they're looking at the longest of long games and saying, okay, what, what happened? And then from there, looking to optimize. Um, you know, with men on base, pitchers have 18 seconds instead of 20 to begin their motion. It's according to the league, pitchers began their deliveries with an average of 7.3 seconds remaining on the 20-second timer. So again, that's another change that, in most cases, doesn't affect anything. So I, in all in all, these are all minor, um, minor changes that have, only are affecting like 3% of cases. 
Yeah, I know the Players Association came out against the rules. And to me, it just seems like Manfred trying to be greedy. It's like, you got what you wanted. Pace of play was better. The rules, everyone likes the rules. What's the point of even adjusting them if those numbers stay into effect moving forward? I mean, still monitor and keep these rules in force, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if there was even a point then to adjusting those rules. So Yeah, I think it's just trying to cut off the longest. Oh, they're, they're trying to look at the, the worst of them and trying to make those shorter. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll see how it is. Spring training is going to come here before we know it. Just a couple months away. Games will be about to start again. So looking forward to it. Colin, any last thoughts on the offseason? Any predictions you have for the rest of the offseason? Hot take. Will Smith signed with the Royals. So if uh, history is saying anything, Royals might win the World Series. (laughs) No, that's not happening. (laughs) They should they should try to re-sign Bobby Witt though and lock him up long term. Yeah. I mean that division is so bad that the NL and AL Central are so bad. The Twins, Tigers might be Tigers. Bad. I was gonna say the Tigers. I think if they could add maybe one or two more pieces, they're right there. In the or oh sorry, Guardians. Um, Oof, good catch. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't know what to make of them. They got some pieces, but it's, again they don't. Kind of like the Brewers right now. They need to push their chips in or figure out what's going on. So that division's wide open. The Royals were so bad last year. They've just added a lot of junk so far this offseason. And the the pitchers, they all drafted. They never developed. And I don't know. Cole Reagans is going to be a fun pitcher to to see. Probably, but Brady Singer also looked like he was going to be decent, and he's never panned out. I don't think quite to the point of Cole Raggins. He had a very intriguing second half last year with them, aside from that one outing where he tripped on the mound and threw three straight wild pitches. Uh, <laughs> he's been, he was great other than that. Yeah, yeah well, we'll see what happens yeah. the rest of the offseason. It's always fun, especially when the hot stove is hot. So, Colin, thanks for taking the time to hop on and talk some baseball. We'll do this soon. Yeah, yeah, we'll follow up. Uh, we'll follow up closer to spring training. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of the Baseball Prospect Journal podcast. I'm Dan Zielinski, and we'll talk to you soon.